It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. Tip Squad. Next level. BGN Radio. Let's go. Welcome to the next level. The Crim Della Crim, Ron Davenport, Barrett Brooks, Link with BGN. Next level boys breaking down the game of the podcast. Out, but they not the same. TD the fly one. Keep the suits and the wingtips. Honest opinions from the Gibsons to the Winces. I'm left-handed. Barrett Brooks got my blind side. Super Bowl winner. See the game from a champ size. Route concepts down. The techniques in the trenches. You want to learn football? And tune in and listen BGN Radio Next Level Podcast You thinking about discussing the Eagles? Better stop that From senior bowl workouts to the draft Down to training camp Breakdowns are all 22 They the best at that Special insights giving sight to the blind So sit down, push play And when they done, rewind Next Level Alright, it's another week Another Eagles win I am Teron Davenport And it's time to Go to the up the next level podcast. That's right. Now we're going to switch things up. We're we're going to the bullpen, and we're we're actually we're we're getting another starter in the rotation. That's right. Let's look at it that way. And ladies and gentlemen, that voice that you hear is none other than former left tackle, legend of the Philadelphia Eagles, Trey Thomas. Yes, sir. 
What's good, man? Man, I'm good. Just happy to be here, you know, and just ready to get into it. And, you know, let's talk a little football. For sure, for sure. I'm definitely yeah. excited about this because, you know, I always like talking shot with offensive linemen because you guys tend to be very technical. Oh, it's a different game. It, it, it definitely is. Yeah. It, it's That's a grown man's game playing yeah. in the trenches. You know, a grown man's game within a grown man's game, uh-huh. so to speak. So I want to just, before we even get into the game overall, I want to get right into Halapulavati. Yeah, I'm showing off. Halapulavati Vitae. Yeah. I, I want to talk about. And the guy wears 72. He wears my way. number. You know you what know, I'm saying? So. And uh, you know what? I'm glad because he brought it back to the offensive side of the ball. You know, Big Set took it over on the diesel line. He did his thing with it. And then now, he, you know, Vitae brought it back on the on the offensive side of the ball. And he's at my position. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really like seeing him out there with it. You know, so, I'm not one of those players that feel like, man, he had my number. I don't want to see my number on the field. I like seeing my number out there on the field. That's where it should be. You want it represented. That's for right. Sure. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to ask you just. When you look at his overall performance, I mean, it's it's hard stepping in for a legend. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, yes, it's hard. Yes. And I know that they started to do some things to help JP a little bit more, mm-hmm. as opposed to Lane Johnson, who is probably the best right tackle, if not the best tackle in the league. Yeah, but Vitae had to come in and. Do you think they need to help him more? How can they make him a, a more viable option along the offensive line to protect Nick Foles now? And I, well, I think you know Vitae. At first, when he first stepped in, you know, of course, when you step in and you have a Hall of Fame tackle like Jason Peters that you're that you're watching film on every day and you're seeing in, in the meeting room getting praises from the offensive line coach, you know, you want to go out and kind of, you know, do the same game, play his same game. And, you know, he learned the hard way that, you know, Jason Peters, what Jason Peters does works for Jason Peters. Uh-huh. You're going to have to find your way to play the game. And once he started taking like a regular pass set and keeping his – you know, staying in balance and starting to use his hands a little bit more, I could see improvement in his game. Um, what he's starting to try to figure out right now is if he going to be a, if he's going to be a forty five degree setter or if he's going to be a vertical pass setting offensive tackle. Um, I personally feel like vertical setting is the way to go just because that's how I came up in the game. That's what Juan taught me. Um, The only weaknesses to a vertical setting, and when I say vertical, we're going straight back. Right. The only weakness to a vertical setting tackle is the bull rush, Mm -hmm. you know, but it can handle speed rush because now once you understand how the vertical set, then now you start learning how to count steps because now if I have a defensive end, if he has his inside foot back, I know we're making contact on three. You know, so he has his inside foot back. He's going to go one, two. He's pressing off that second foot coming in on his third step. So in my head, when I'm watching film, if he's an inside foot guy, I already know, get to my third kick and let my hands fly. Now, if his outside foot is back, he can go one and then come in on that second step. But if you're a vertical setting tackle, you should be able to see that and react. But if not, it's going to be one, two, three, and then he's coming in on his fourth step. So now you start saying, okay, if his outside foot is back, I want to get to my fourth kick. One, two, three, four, boom, shoot your hands. But then now when you start going out at a 45, that cancels all of that. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So now 45 setting can help if you have a, a defensive end that has his inside foot back. Because of his inside foot is back, he has to take that one big step up field. So as a 45 setter, you can get in his face real quick, 
do a jump set, punch him. But then now you start to create a weakness if you get any games because you're creating space between you and the guard. Okay. And then now if that guard comes, if you have a TE where the tackle is coming in, coming looping out, and the end is coming around him, if you jump out there on that defensive end and that tackle is running wide, a wide three technique, now you're going to get picked where the defensive tackle is going to bounce off of your hip and ricochet off of you, the guard is going to have to hang into the block a little bit longer because he can't let him go, and then that defensive end is coming around clean. And then that's why I say a 45 setting can create some issues. you know. So you have to kind of play with which way you want to do it, and then now you just have to start learning and filming. You see that in Lane Johnson a lot now where he understands when I'm going to go at a 45. Then now I want to go vertical because he's starting to learn now when you start reading the ends, are they leaning? I can see something. You know, uh-huh. you start – and that just comes with just film study and, you know, you just having to take your lumps. Man, you make me <laughs> want to be quiet. <laughs> I, I love how you mentioned the vertical set too yeah. because, you know, that's something I, that I always – Wondered because you know you see guys taking that vertical set and you see those those players like like a Michael Bennett who likes to get upfield immediately yeah and you see a guy take the set and then they just club him and yeah. he runs himself out of the play exactly how do you kind of determine I know a lot of it is just reactionary muscle memory but for you when you played when you went against guys you know let, let's say you were going against Usi you mm-hmm. you and you and Yorma mm-hmm. right and and he's an upfield pass rusher yeah how do you determine to keep yourself from from not Oversetting so he could cross you up and come back inside. Well, uh, well, because now I first of all, if I I look at inside footback, all right, I'm getting a three, all right, so I get I'm, I'm setting one two three, and then I'm already there. And I've, as an offensive tackle, you never want to be late. You mm-hmm. always want to be early off that ball. That's why you look at Jason Peters; he's always the first guy off the ball. Yeah, Lane yeah. Johnson, one of the first guys off the ball. They're getting back, so they're getting to their point. So now I'm get, I'm going back. Now if I start to see that stutter step. As an offensive lineman, anytime you see stutter step from a defensive end, you should already know that there's going to be some type of move. Here comes the bull rush, or here comes the inside move. He might give you a stutter step to try because what they want to do is try to make you stop your feet, and that's mm-hmm. one of the hardest things for offensive tackles to do to be able to come out of it, stop your feet, and then get react again. And it's not really a stopping of the feet, you know, because you want to you step, 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 and then it's a step in with your inside foot, and then you come right back out. So it looks like a pause, but really you should be it should be fluid. But um, anytime you see those stutter steps, you should already just stop. Get ready to punch because here comes the move. Here comes the right. inside move. And Vitae got beat with that last it, week. Yeah. You know, where the DN gave him that little stutter step and he reached for him and then he got beat inside. And then there you go, you know. But that's a lesson you're just going to have to learn. Some of that, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that I taught, you know, Juan did a good job of preparing me. But, man, you just, you know, there's nothing that can replace you know, just taking your lumps out down the field. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, go, you you win some, you lose some, but you should learn from every one of them. There's no greater teacher than experience. Exactly. I definitely agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So looking at this game, you mentioned when, when uh, Vitae got beat, but just, just looking at this game, obviously it was the game that they had to go out and win. I feel that way because they needed to make sure – that they were able to bounce back yeah. after that Seattle loss. Mm-hmm. It was a duel of quarterbacks. I think Carson Wentz won that duel, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when you look at just the offensive line play, what stood out 
in your mind? Because it, it seemed like Carson was constantly under pressure. Yeah. And Aaron Donald was able to get pressure frequently. You saw Robert Quinn getting pressure also. Yeah. So for from your perspective, what stood out? What allowed that pressure to leak? All right. So this is where – because a lot of people are on stuff. Uh, and, and, and this is what I what I look at when I'm sitting there watching film, and I go in and I and I, and I love going into the Novacare and, and, and getting a remote and sitting in the coach's room and sitting there watching the you know watching film the way I like to watch it with the big cowboy room. The room is funky; it smells like offensive linemen in there. And we sit in there and we break down film. But I sat down and I started looking at just some of the technical stuff that's going on. What Steph is doing is he's stepping up with his outside foot. He's played center for a long time. Mm -hmm. So now you put him out at guard, and he still sets like a center. And that could be a problem if you have a wide three technique. So if he's out there at guard, he steps up with his outside foot. First of all, as a guard, you should always set at a 45. If it's a three technique, you always you're going to set out at a 45. You want to be firm on the line of scrimmage. But what he's doing is instead of just taking a regular 45 set, he steps up with his outside foot, and then now he drops his inside foot. Now your feet are even like a center. So then now to kind of re, try to reposition yourself, you drop your outside foot again. Well, now if you have a power rusher, he's on your edge now, and you're getting edge, and he doesn't punch. So now you take all of that footwork, problems out of it into it and you're catching then now you're getting edged you're getting pushed and you can't and then now that's when you start seeing those TEs and all of that mm-hmm. stuff coming into play Vitae setting out at 45 Steph is is catching and taking a false step and getting bull rushed in now you have that the issues where now you're getting you're getting picked apart and you're getting pressure right up the middle then now you look at Brooks with who on the other side is playing way better now. You know, now that he's using his hands, he's starting to punch a lot more. But sometimes at guard, he sets vertical like an offensive tackle. Uh-huh. At guard, you have to force – we have to – at guard, you have to set the line of scrimmage. This You are creating the, the, the front of the pocket. The right. tackles are taking care of the depth of it. So if you're setting back like a tackle in vertical setting, any type of push, you're already in the, in, in the quarterback's face. So – that right there creates a problem, you know. So you ha- he has to be a little bit more forceful at, at guard at, at, at the line of scrimmage, and then the tackles just need to make a decision on if you're going to be a vertical setter or if you're going to be a 45 setter. And if you're going to be a 45 setter, then you better be, be ready to deliver your hands punch and mm-hmm. be ready to move. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I, I think, you, you know, this week when you look at the Giants, mm-hmm. everybody looks at them, hey, uh, that's, that's a win, it's a but you got a guy in Olivier Vernon who who could set those hands and really use them. So that's a good point that you brought that up. Uh, staying with this Rams game, mm-hmm. uh, moving on to just to play from the running backs. And one of the things that, that stood out to me was just the difference. And I, I think LeGarrette Blunt for the most part, has done a, a really good job for this team. Mm-hmm. But watching Ajay, watching Blunt and watching Corey Clement, watching those guys run, mm-hmm. I saw a different sense of urgency with with them. Yeah, and specifically Clement. Yeah, he and I know as a running back, you don't always want to explode through the hole. You want to be patient to the hole, or explode to the hole. You want to mm-hmm. be patient to the hole, mm-hmm. explode through it. But I saw Corey Clement running with a different sense of urgency. Yeah. And as a result, they were able to run the ball better with him. Yeah. I saw Jay Ajay. Now, granted. 
sometimes there were just wide open holes for Ajayi, and, and he hit them. And mm. he's been the beneficiary of yeah. outstanding blocking. You look at yeah. his long runs. I mean, this guy was not touched yeah. for a good 10 Sometimes even forty yards down the if field. If we get you to the second, yeah, if we get you to the second level, you should come out of the game with a hundred yards rushing. Yeah, you know, you, if we can get you to the safety every time, you should have a hundred plus yards rushing. At, at, at a certain point, you yeah. got to beat somebody. Yeah, you, you yeah. know what I mean. That's and we can't block everybody. To. You yeah. gotta have to, you know, you got to do something. You know, but when you look at those three backs and what I see, Clement and uh, and Jay, they they are very good change of pace guys. Blunt, yeah, I, I, I appreciate what Blunt has done for the team and carried on to the team. But sometimes when I watch him run, it looks like he runs looking to get tackled. Yeah. You know, where it's like, you know what, all right, instead of making a maybe making making a cut where you can get out and get some open field, he runs into the tackle. It look like he looks like, you know what, hey man, you come, please come tackle me because I don't want to have to make this big run. You know, it just but you can see Clement, they come in, they they hit that hole and they have the speed to do it. But Blunt, he's just a little bit it's like sometimes he's a little hesitant. I don't know if he doesn't have the speed to get there or the want to get there, but it just looks like to me sometimes that he's running, looking to get tackled. And then when I see him on blitz protection, sometimes I've watched this man, and me and Westbrook were sitting up there watching film, and, and I highlighted him a couple times, man. And I'm like, Westbrook, man, come on, man. Look at this. I mean, he would come in, drop his head, and the defense, the running back, come in, give him a little shake, boom, and then he's done. I mean, you know, mm. as a running back, man, you're going to have to go ahead and drop him, and I need you to come in and, and firm that up, you know, because we can't block him. That's your guy, and, and you're right there by, behind the quarterback, right there next to the quarterback, so I need you to firm that up. Don't yeah. just drop your head, close your eyes, and get ran by. You know, that's what we need you to do. You're the big back. There's a time and place to thirst for contact. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and there are times where it seems like he has that thirst for contact, and there are times when he needs to have it and doesn't. And I think blitz, you know, pass pro, blitz protection is Man. something that that's a want-to thing. Yeah. Right? You have to have that in your heart. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, and, I, you know, I don't want to get into questioning a guy's heart. Yeah. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? But what I am saying is sometimes you have to just flat out want to do it and be yeah. determined to do it. Yeah. And, and that's really what it boils down to. And just using the proper technique. I know Deuce is telling you what to do. I know Deuce is showing you the proper technique and how to come in there and firm up that block. But just sometimes when I was watching this last week and I really looked at it, I'm like, wow, man, come on, dude. I, you know, I need you to come on in and, and get your head up and let's firm up this block and let's get it. Don't You can't be a whiff. And just too many times I, I saw that from him. Yeah. But, I mean, he has three more games to get it right. Yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll yeah. see what happens because yeah. you, know, you know once playoffs come – Hey, look, man, that's yeah. that's a whole next level like this podcast, folks, a whole next level type mm -hmm. of uh, game. Uh, moving things on to the outside a little bit further, mm -hmm. uh, we'll go to the tight ends, look at Trey Burton. I was yeah. really impressed with what he's been able to do. I love the way you talk about Thurston for contact yeah. and not being afraid of it. Mm -hmm. When he caught that, that crosser, that dagger route. With I somebody mean, hanging on it. He gave out a concussion. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, Tremaine Johnson had a lot of talk yeah. for Alshon you yeah. know, throughout that game, but I tell you what yeah. when it came time to, to hit a grown man you saw what happened yeah and I, I really just the will to concentrate on the football on his first touchdown mm -hmm. I mean you got three guys right there yeah Carson dropped it in the bucket perfectly yeah and he held on to that ball I, I've I've been impressed with Trey yeah I talked to him he said that he knew that his 
role was going to increase. They didn't know what the deal was with, with mm-hmm. Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. But when he was out, it was really go time, and he stepped up. Yeah, I think Trey Burton, man, is just that that the X factor that can just come in and can make so many different plays for the team, you know, uh, Going, you know, right before this game, you know, I really didn't know follow Trey's career throughout college. But when they did the segment on him and said talk, talked about how he scored six touchdowns at, at, at Florida, you know, seven carries, six touchdowns. You know, seven times touching the ball, he scored six of those times, man. And that just kind of shows you the type of athlete that he is. And he's he's a great route runner. He's just a little undersized when it comes to run blocking. You know, you, you can't expect for him to go out there and, you know, let's get you up against some big DNs or D tackles and, and create a, a bunch of movement. But as far as being someone that's going to create a mismatch against any linebackers and safeties, he's definitely oh, that guy. You know, he's one of those that guy that can, can be an issue out there on the field. Now, I know this is looking a little bit further into the future, but I think this year what you're seeing from Trey Burton is the last you're going to see of him. I mean, I look at that situation. I used to cover the 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. And this was when they, they had Vernon Davis and Delaney Walker. And 4-6, man, he would always he'll, – he'll, he'll get four targets, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he'll catch three of them for like 60 yards. Yeah. You know, that's what he would do. And that's mm-hmm. what you're seeing Trey Burton do. And mm-hmm. obviously anyone who follows the game closely, you know Delaney Walker, mm-hmm. D-Love, is, is a pro bowler mm-hmm. down there in Tennessee. And I think it's a similar type of situation with De- Trey Burton. Definitely. You know, and you know, and all he can do is just keep playing, man. Yeah. Because, you know, of course you want to stay here and, and do your thing here. But at the end of the day, you're, you're writing your resume for someone else if, uh-huh. if need be. You know, and, you know, you just all he can do is just keep taking advantage of the situations that he's been given. So just briefly, we'll, we'll look at the receivers. Me personally, I've been someone who has been an advocate of Nelson Aguilar yeah. since I got here last year. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching him. I said, man, that kid, he can run routes. Yeah. Okay, you know, he, he's he's fast, he's quick. And then in talking to him, there were issues. I, I would always talk to him. i say, Nelson, listen, man, let the game come to you. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've had conversations and some of the things that he would tell me, say, you know, you're pressing. Just let the game come to you. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of times I reminded him mm-hmm. of how, man, you caught over 100 balls at SC. Mm-hmm. You scored 12 touchdowns. Like, man, you were one of the best receivers coming out. Mm-hmm. Stay confident and understand what, what you could do. Big time catch from Nick Foles on that third down. Uh, I talked a little bit about Cooper Cup and his route running. Yeah. Well, he did the exact thing where he leaned into Nikhil Robley, mm-hmm. broke it, outside. Yeah. Foles put it in a perfect spot. He caught it first down. Yeah. And that pretty much sealed the game. Yeah, and, and Foles took a big hit on that play too. You know, but Nelson has just really stepped up his game. You know, I don't think people really understand how hard it is to come and play in a city like this. You know, especially when you don't get success. If, when you don't have success right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and and when things start going bad and, and you know, and how the fans can be uh, it, it, which, you know, they keep it real, you know, and the fans are very honest and they, they let you know when they're happy and they let you know when they're upset. <laughs> no sugarcoating. There's no sugarcoating. And, and, you know, and for someone that may have never had anything bad told to them, you know, this could be a shock when you come here, you know, and, and you start missing a couple catches and, you know, and everybody's on you and then all the talk radio is all about you and everybody's booing you and, you know, and just all of the stuff that's going on. And, and, and you know, I, I just – commend him on being able to go get away from this offseason, refocusing and coming back this year with just a total 
kind of focus and stepping in and just making big plays for this team. I mean, he's just really has just turned his game totally around and it's becoming the player that everybody thought he could be. Now, I do have one problem with him. You know, uh, I think uh, what game was that? I, I shoot, man. It, when when um, when Jay was going in to score, he had the man. He was stiff arming oh, him off of him, uh, and, and you know, and he caught. He got the fumble yeah, and jumped yeah, in his own score, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, that was his guy that caused the fumble. Yes, you yes, know, so he got yes. caught slipping. He got caught relaxing on the play. His guy caused the fumble. Then he scoops the ball up in the end zone <laughs> and celebrates, dude. You should have just got the ball, we scored, you know what, and just gone over to the side. Like, you don't even celebrate for something like yeah, that, man. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that, that's just a enjoy. great point, too, Man, you know, because that was your yeah, guy. You yeah, got caught yeah. slipping, you know, but, yeah, but you know, it is what it is. I tell you someone who always, because you talk about coming into this city and, and not really understanding how deep it is here. Mm-hmm. And you talk about running down the field and making blocks. One of the best runs I ever saw was by Garrison Hurst, mm-hmm. right? This was against the Jets, mm-hmm. and he was able to get outfield. Vicious stiff arm. I don't remember who it was he stiff arm. Mm-hmm. But watching the play, you saw number 81 come into the screen and make a last final block, and you saw Garrison Hurst get, get to the end zone. Yeah. Now, the reason why I bring up T.O. Yeah. is because he came in and had an impact. Yeah. For for the team that that yeah. you played on, yeah. And you look at Alshon. Alshon Jeffrey came in, and I'm not going to say he's had the same impact, mm-hmm. but in in your mind, because people at times will minimize a wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. I'm a former receiver, so I'm always going to yeah. talk yeah. that spot up. Yeah, yeah. But in, in your mind, how has Alshon come in and and justified getting that contract, and how has he impacted this football team? I think he just it, it just gives you more options, you know. Um, it's interesting because you don't have anyone that's really been that, that big target guy, you know, with this team. You know, I just think that they give uh, – this just receiver core creates a lot of good options for the whoever that's now for Wentz at the time, now for Foles to step in and have some reliable guys that you know you can go after and that you can find. And I think that Jeffrey is is definitely one of those guys and can stretch the field and can make some big uh-huh. plays, you know. And, uh, and that's what you need. You need reliable receivers that you know what their name is called, when their number is called, that they're going to go out and make the catch for you and, you know, and the guys play hard. That matchup with Tremaine Johnson was really interesting to me. I, I, I always I, – I like to see when corners – I love the corners that talk a lot. You yeah. Because when you beat them, it just makes it that mm-hmm. much more mm-hmm. gratifying. And that's why you saw Alshon celebrate yeah. the way he did when he made that catch. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a gripe with him. I, I think there was a period in that game where he kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Tremaine really started talking him up. I remember one of the deeper passes – uh, he it was a, a back shoulder throw and Alshon was able to turn back. It, it hit him between the one and the seven. Yeah, you know that's a concentration thing, and I think mm-hmm. that's something where he kind of was out of his own in his own head, so to speak, on that play. I, I when you're paying a guy that much money, you have to be able to to bounce back from that, and he did. So I gave him credit for that. But I tell you, you know, the Vikings obviously are a team yeah. that. Is is going to be there, right? Yeah, yes, definitely. How is he going to match up against Xavier Rhodes? The Saints are a team that's going to be there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Are you going to let that rookie Marshawn Lattimore come in and and you know take you out of the game? I think those are some things 
that we really have to see. They mm-hmm. even tried to they even tried to move Alshon into the slot mm-hmm. a few times to mm-hmm. get him away from Tremaine. Yeah. Because Tremaine Johnson is not really a guy that could operate in the middle of the field like that. Mm-hmm. But he still moved in and, and they couldn't find anything. Yeah, you know, but and then too, like now, in all of that being said, where's the protection? Because you're gonna need protection. Because if you give any if you give that quarterback three seconds, I don't care who you put over there, mm-hmm. over any receiver. You give that quarterback three seconds, he's going to pick everybody apart. So in those throws, I would like to go back and see where the pressure, what was Wentz doing, what was going on with that quarterback. Because when I look at the, some of the timing, when I go through and I watch the film and I time every throw, then now I'm starting to see, okay, there was pressure here. He had to scramble. It was something that was going on that may have thrown it off because really at the end of the day, you want those corners to only be able to give tight coverage in between 2 and 2.5 seconds. So can they do that? And then now if we give him over 2.5 seconds, then now, I mean, our receivers should be eating them up. And I tell you, that's really the biggest difference to me when I look at Wentz versus Foles. You know, everybody is acting like Armageddon is here. Yeah. You know, and the world is about to come to an end because Carson Wentz is not playing. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Wentz has been outstanding. Yeah. He's done an awesome job. Mm-hmm. The main difference that I see when I look at these two quarterbacks are those off-schedule throws, yeah. those those hidden big plays. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I remember when Jordan Matthews was here. Mm-hmm. We would talk about that all the time. Okay, yeah. How are you guys finding those big plays? Mm-hmm. And he talked about working the QB scramble drill. Mm-hmm. He talked about Carson moving within the pocket mm-hmm. and buying extra time. And that's something that I'm not sure this team is going to get from Nick Foles, which in turn – makes another part of the situational football that they focused on third and long, right? Yeah. So many times it would be third and four and you have a false start yeah. or you have a holding mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, second and four and you have a holding. It makes it third and 14. And this team really struggled on third and long. Mm-hmm. That has turned around and become an area of strength where it's, it's third and eight. You're like, oh, yeah, uh, Carson's about to make a big play. Yeah. Let me go ahead and get my fingers by the keyboard because mm-hmm. I'm about to tweet something yeah. That, yeah. That, that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are they going to make up for that with, with, with Nick Foles? I think just getting the ball out quicker. Yeah. You on know, schedule, and just right? staying on yeah. schedule. Yeah. Staying on schedule. You know, you want, of course, you want the guards to firm up. You want your tackles to play good. But I think you, you, you're going to have to pick, you got to pull a page out of how Eli plays the game, mm-hmm. where everything is zip, 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 get that ball out of your hands. There shouldn't be a throw that goes over 2.3 seconds. You should, everything should be getting it out of your hands, getting it out of your hands. Let's put a run into it, getting it out of your hands, run into it, getting it out of your hands. You know, you don't want anything where it, it has, even with some of the play action plays, you know, you want it to be a quick, let's give the, the read, the look, and then let's get rid of the ball. You know, you don't want foes in the backfield scrambling around. Now, the interesting, another thing that we're going to have to look at with this game is another silent count. This is going to be a road game for them and you're going up to New York and now so this now we're going back into the silent count mode sometimes Kelsey you know his snaps aren't where they need to be right. sometimes so you know you want to make sure that that snap is coming in nice and clean for him to have to deal with because now when Foles stepped out onto the field his first snap was to the ground he fumbled the snap because I think it came in a little high, a little low he wasn't really ready for it and then now he, here we go we're scrambling so I think that that's going to play a big uh, part of what's going to have to – something that they're going to have to really work on for this week. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. And, and when you say being on schedule, that's something I, – when I was on NBC uh, Philly, that's that's what, what I talked about. 
more throws on schedule, mm-hmm. more throws where it, the ball is coming out of his hands and into a Nelson Aguilar's hand, who has mm-hmm. become a yak specialist. Yeah. You know, you, you want to get get the ball into your running back's hands yeah. out of the backfield. Yeah. And that being said, one of the questions that are, are, are on Twitter that they had was, will we start to see more Jay Ajay? And why do you think they've been hesitant to lean on him in the running game? Well, I you're just trying to mix everybody in. You know, uh, I think Deuce is just trying to just, you know, mix everybody in and go with whoever the hot hand is. You know, and of course, you still got to mix a little blunt in too because you still want that power game. Mm-hmm. You know, you still, but you know, I just need them to little run a little harder so that we can really still, because it's kind of like what you want to, like how New York used to do it with the thunder and lightning, you know, oh, where you had the tiki in there, you know, so. Yeah. You kind of want to have that same thing where you have that uh, a nice change of pace guy. You know, Blunt isn't going to be a big screen guy, you know, but you can get Clement, you can get Jay to be one of those guys or a quick throw out to them or even just someone that you could do the outside toss to. You know, Blunt's not going to be an outside toss guy. He needs to be, everything for him is going to be in between the tackles, but you can't always do that because then now everybody's just going to stack eight in the box and then now we have a problem. So you got you have to kind of keep mixing everybody in to keep everybody honest. When you saw eight in the box, right, and, and and you knew it was a running play, did did you? Because I know as a running back, mm-hmm. if I'm back there, and, and and I'm scanning the field, and I look, okay, they got eight in the box. I know I got whatever. It could yeah. be a trap play. It could <laughs> be well, whatever. Yeah. Right. We can't accommodate thinking, for it. I'm thinking, but you, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. thinking. They get me, and and you you said it earlier. Yeah. Actually, I'm thinking they get me to the second level. It's it's touchdown. Yeah. When when you see eight in the box, mm-hmm. how do you look at that as an offensive lineman? Well, you know, first of all, we want to see wh- how do they have the eight in the box? Is it slanted? Are they stacked? In our mm-hmm, favor, mm-hmm. because if they're not stacked in our favor, then we need to check out of it. Right. You know, let's check out of it because it's going to be a problem if not. But if it's stacked in our favor, then yeah, now all we got to do is get them through there. You know, let's get them to the second level. Everybody's combination blocks are on point. Let's make sure that you know we do what we need to do. Get the linebackers covered. You know, and then whatever's going on on the backside that we don't have any leakage. If we can get them up in the front side of it. If it's a power game, you know, I like a power. If we could do something like that or outside zone where if we have them stacked on the inside and we can pull the guy outside and we can get outside of it, then I like that. But, you know, sometimes if you have eight stacked in the box, man, hey, check, check. Let's get out of this. Let's get a quick throw. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 uh, that's what you get, folks, when you listen here. <laughs> Next level. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm enjoying this conversation. I, I know you guys are, are enjoying listening. So there's a game that we have to look at also. Um, the Giants are coming up. Offensively, this is a team that has obviously had their struggles along the offensive line. Mm-hmm. A, a guy named Evan Ingram, however, is someone that I, I coming into this year, I, I say, listen, man, this kid runs routes like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He could block when you need him to, but he's going to be a major part of the passing game. And lo and behold, that is what he's doing. Have you seen Evan Ingram a, a lot, and, and what are your thoughts on what you've seen from him? Evan Ingram. That's okay. So this is eighty-eight for the Giants. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, yeah. I haven't really paid attention okay. to it. Yeah, my okay. bad. Because usually, usually when I'm when I'm looking at the game, and I'm I'm looking from the inside out. Right. So you know when you, when you start talking receiver and DBs, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, but you know, I'm more of what's going on in the trenches. Okay. And, and yeah. All right, well, that being said, what is going on? Why is this team 
I mean, is it Eli holding the ball too long? Is it is I mean, what is it? I'm not saying that is the case. I'm just throwing things out there. Is it you know is 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 Eli? Is it on Eli? Is it on the line? What's what's the issue when when you watch this offensive line? Well, you know what? When you go back and you look, even looking at this Dallas game, I think when I look look back at the stats of this game, this is the first game that I've ever seen and looked at the sack total, and neither one of the teams had a sack in that game. Really? Neither defense had a sack in that game. Prescott wasn't sacked, nor Eli wasn't sacked. No sacks in that game. I can't believe it. Huh. You know, I've never seen uh, a stat sheet that no one had a sack. You know, and, and I mean, Eli threw two picks, one touchdown. Uh, you know, Prescott had three touchdowns, zero in, uh, interceptions, zero sacks. I mean, you know, I've never seen something where no one had a sack. So I, I really have to go and sit down and watch this game and see – what was going on that right. you only had 10 points? You know, like, that's, and that's yeah, what, when you yeah, said yeah. zero sacks, I'm like, hold on, 10 points? That yeah. doesn't, what doesn't what point. was going on? You know, were you running for your life? You know, were, you know, obviously, you know, you threw the ball, you're 31 for 46, you know, for 228 yards, but you weren't sacked. What was going on? Yeah, 15 you know, incompletions <laughs> there. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, like, that's interesting. So when you look, because one of the things I wanted to get into was the interior part of the Eagles' defensive line. Yeah. And I, I tell you another thing I really like that they do, and it's funny that we're talking about this because the Giants are a team, mm-hmm. and I, I know you you saw your share of the NASCAR package, mm-hmm. you know, with Tuck and UC yeah. and, and Strahan yeah. Yeah. and uh, whoever else was, was in there, whether it's Kiwanuka or mm-hmm. whoever. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have started to do that. Yeah. And I got to talk to Brandon Graham. We actually did a breakdown. Every week I do a breakdown with a player mm-hmm. where I ask them, okay, you know, take me to this play. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me what happened. I'll give them what I think happened. And yeah, we'll just have a conversation about the play. Mm-hmm. And I put it on the site. Mm-hmm. But we talked about his uh, sack that he had against Seattle yeah. from a, uh, a a technique perspective. From a three technique. As, yeah, mm-hmm. as a D-tackle three tech. And it, it was interesting because he talked about how his pass rush mm-hmm. um, mindset changed. Yeah. And I really like the fact that he purposely threw Jocko to the outside mm-hmm. so Russell Wilson couldn't run out there. So he, in effect, set his own boundary for Jocko mm-hmm. uh, or for uh, Russell Wilson. And Wilson had to come come up, and that's mm-hmm. when he was he got the sack. But mm-hmm. when you look at this interior part of the line, including BG when they go into that package, mm-hmm. Jernigan, Bo Allen, uh, Fletcher Cox. But let's start with Jernigan and, 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 and Fletcher Cox. Mm-hmm. And you look at just the way that these guys are able to play. Yeah. What are you seeing? Like You know what? I, I see an aggressive group of guys that can really – just change the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Jernigan, and you know it's hard to judge this this team from that Seattle game because right. they flew out there the night before that game. I don't understand. You know, that. Like, I, I don't understand, understand why they did that. You know, that's that's always a two day trip when you're getting ready to jump on a flight for six hours. You know, and play a game. You know, I I just feel like they should have flown out on Friday. Mm-hmm. So looking at that game, I'm kind of you know it's kind of hard for me to judge them by that because you know they just they just weren't fresh. You could just tell like the energy just wasn't there. They were getting pushed around a little bit. It wasn't the use the, the 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 same type of intensity that I was used to seeing from those guys. So but once you saw them catch on against LA, you know not as much against LA because you know LA they 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 got a little push as well. Yeah. 
But Jernigan got yeah, moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, got moved around. Few. But before that, they were really changing the line of scrimmage and pushing the offensive line back, throwing off the timing, not allowing those back the linemen to get up to the linebackers. I mean, and then you could just kind of see that the defense just you know it's it, it, the defense flowed a little bit better. No one tried to got out of position because they were trying to do too much. Right. Everybody kind of formed their gaps. They blew everybody back. Linebackers just fitted in where they needed to do, and they just swarmed the ball. Um, you know, but you started seeing against L.A. where those combination blocks were, were happening. But Jernigan, man, I mean, he was taking on double teams, throwing cats off, and then Fletcher is just so athletic yeah. that, you know, you, I've seen him backdoor a, a, a tackle that was supposed to come down to try to cut him. It was a combination block, and he looped around him and still made the tackle in the backfield. And, you know, he's one of those type guys that are reading what offensive linemen are doing and can get a feel for, oh, you want to try to give me that? Well, I'm going to backdoor you. Or if you put him over a, no, over a center and you let him rush, oh, man, he'll kill him. Over. Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. You know, because he's extremely quick. Yeah. He uses his hands very well. Um, he understands how to long arm someone. You know, I, I, I like – when you when you when you work pass rush and people don't really take in the the effect of being able to put one arm a one arm bull rush because now if I put one arm out there my one arm is longer than your two so a one arm bull rush and an offensive lineman that don't understand how to handle that is tough because you can't touch that guy once he sticks that arm out on you and it's a one hand stab and then you're sitting out there just holding it and he's running by you because there's you don't understand how to clean it and replace so. You know, and he's really good at that. You know, yeah. he does a really good job. And then Jernigan is a good guy. And then you mix BG in there that that can that can give you a good power rush and can transition his his, his power where he can butt and then throw you somewhere a butt and take the outside away from you. You know, he's he's a very crafty rusher as well. And then you can Barnett is a mirror image of him as well because mm-hmm. they're about the same height, same yeah, build. Yeah. You know, he it's just that Barnett is still learning the game. You know, I could, you know, this past week, I, he just seemed like he was hanging on to the bull rush just a little too much. And they don't understand, he doesn't understand yet that for an offensive lineman, you know, you'll be like, oh man, I ran him, I'm running him over, I'm running him over. Well, for an offensive lineman, a slow death is a good death. I sit up there and hop, 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 the ball mm-hmm, is gone. Mm-hmm. So with a bull rush, you got to transition into something. You can't just sit there and hang on to it. Butt and go. Let's butt and then come up underneath. Butt and t- stay outside. Whatever you're going to do, but don't hang on to the bull rush unless you just run the guy clean over. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's actually what BG did against uh, Jekyll. Mm-hmm. Huh? But when, when you look at Barnett and the thing that, that – did, did you ever you won against Chuck Smith, right? Yeah, you yeah, against, yeah. Chuck well, Chuck really helped me with my game, man. I played against him my 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 rookie year in a preseason game, mm-hmm. and um and he was just getting off the ball on me, getting off the ball on me. And I'm like, man, what what's going on? And after the game, I talked to him I'm like, hey Chuck, man, you know what is it that I'm doing that 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 allowed you to get just a good jump on me? He was like, man, every time you set your butt drops a little bit. And what I was doing, I just stopped looking at the ball. I was looking at your butt. And as soon as your butt dropped, I was gone. And then, you know, that's when you start seeing, okay, I need to start detailing my game and start looking at that. Do I have a hitch? Then if I do have a hitch, then I need to correct that. Because then now you have defensive ends out there that are crafty enough to look for that hitch. And they don't look for the ball anymore. Because when I was – I studied the Colts for a long time when Mm -hmm. Freeney and them were there. Mm -hmm. Those guys were fastest off the ball ever. And I was talking to – um. 
one of my guys there, and he was saying that wait, they would look for hitches, and they would always study and find which guy had a hitch, and then they would just go from there. They never mm. looked at the ball. Why look at the ball when when he has a hitch? You know what I'm saying? Then we just take off from there, and sometimes it's a quarterback that does something with his hand or whatever right, right. it is, and they something just find it and they attack it. Yeah, it's funny because I remember DBs used to always say that to us where like they'll be like, okay, well, I know that you're about to run a route and the ball is coming to you because mm-hmm. when you line up, you got your fist ball. Yeah. Or yeah. I know like I see you when you come out yeah. and you're doing this. Yeah. So it, yeah. there's, it, it's so many games within the game yeah. that people don't understand. Yeah. And that's why we're taking you to the next level, folks. Yeah. But getting back to Chuck Smith, he actually worked with Barnett. Yeah. For two years, mm-hmm. and they worked to develop a spin move for two years. He mm-hmm. continued to work on that against Jason Peters after practice and everything. Yeah. I would like to see that come up. I'm wondering why that's not coming up. I'm wondering why, and I understand you don't always want to go to it, but you want to show it. Yeah. So that way that's something in your repertoire. I think when, it, when, I, when I watch his spin move, it's, he's still a little sideways with it. It okay. looks like a spin move is coming. You see what I'm saying? So he like comes, he, he comes running, much. and it's and he's he's turned sideways where it looks like all right, he's about to try to spin on me because he's not even facing me. You okay. know, so you can kind of see it where he's trying to like it's like he's trying to sneak up on me, but you you <laughs> see it coming. You know, like oh, here comes his spin move. Right, right. And he doesn't understand yet that everything has steps to it. So if you're gonna have your inside foot back, you want to go one, two, three. Your third step, that's where you're spinning. If your outside foot is back, you want to go one, two, spin on that second step. Or you don't even want to spin any deeper than that because then now you're behind, you're past right. the quarterback. Right. So it doesn't make sense to do it later on in your pass rush if you have your outside foot back because then you know in one, two, three, then four, then you spin. Well, you are. You could do that if the quarterback is a deep guy, but I think it's a nice change of pace. You go one, two, boom, and then you give him a quick spin move. Or mm. if the inside foot back, then you spin on your third step. I even like outside spin move, you know, where now you stab in, but then you spin outside because most offensive line coaches have always trained their guys to handle the spin move going inside. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I remember one year against – um against Green Bay back when um, Cullen Jenkins was playing there. And, man, he beat me with an outside spin move. And I had never seen it before. And I kept that in my database. Like, you know what? If I ever start teaching the outside linebackers, I want to teach outside spin move. And I got a chance to do that with my second year coaching with the Eagles. I worked with um, the outside linebackers focusing on pass rush. And that's when I started working with Connor. And he was starting to – we were hitting that outside spin move, hitting it, setting it up where we, we come in outside foot back, one, two, stab in on that second foot, and then we spin out on the third. And, I mean, it made offensive tackles look silly, man, because they had never <laughs> – nobody Give really worked it. You know, yeah, Yeah. that's crazy, man. Um, Moving it to the next level uh, of the defense, the second level, Michael Kendricks, uh, Nigel Bradham. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kendricks specifically, I'm seeing a player that's more comfortable in the scheme. I'm seeing Mm -hmm. a player that is has kind of put the past aside. Mm -hmm. I, I. Last year, I don't think he ever got over, and I talked to Barrett about this. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever got over being forced to play in the fourth quarter of that of that fourth uh, playoff game. It seemed like you know that just kind of opened up a whole Pandora's box, and and, and he was not right mm-hmm. after that. Um, when you look at his play from last year to this year, 
it's it's totally different. Yeah. I mean, you have a guy that's closing on the football, using his athleticism mm-hmm. to get those tackles for loss. You have a guy that's shooting gaps. You have mm-hmm. a guy that even giving him opportunities to blitz every once in a while. Uh, yeah. Still some room for improvement on the yeah. coverage side of things. Yeah. You saw that against Seattle, but – how have you seen his incremental improvement from last year to this year? You can definitely see that he's he's detailing his work. And I think just being the chemistry of this group of guys, that they're just, you know, everybody's taking the me out of it. You know, everybody's, you know, you don't see all of the, you know, where, where your pride is getting in the way. I think everybody's kind of wanting to play for each other. And these guys are just holding themselves accountable and putting in the work that they need to to step up to the plate. Because they know, I know that they know that they have a chance to do something special. Mm-hmm. And right now it's time to check your pride at the door and let's go make this happen. Because this opportunity doesn't come around all the time. You know, you're around a special group of guys. This is a very, this is a special team. And, and I think right now with Kendricks, he's just really stepping up and making plays and showing and proving himself that he should be that guy, you know. And and, and then you mess around and you and you put Kendricks in a in a rush situation out there against the edge. Now he's a nasty yes. rusher too, and he has balance out of this world and can, and has the speed to just blow by somebody. And you know, I, I think he's just a, a good mix in out there. You know, of course, he needs to work on his coverage. That's something that you know you just have to continue to detail your work. No one is out there playing a perfect game, but you know, I just think that he's definitely you know doing his thing out there. Yeah, I agree. He's doing his thing. Nigel Bradham's another one doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. Drop two picks. I told him about it after the game <sighs> on Sunday. He, you know, he, the first one was a tough one, a one handed. Mm-hmm. The second one just it was kind of too hot on him and went right through his hands. But when you talk about closing on the football. Uh, flowing to the football, he does that so well. Yeah, and he told me well, that that's a lot of film. Well, I, state well, guy, you know, man, you know. You know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I give you that. I give you that. <laughs> so is Jernigan, folks. So you, so you know that. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, I mean, hey, let's take it to another seminal and, and go to the outside and talk about Ronald Darby. Yeah. Who's yeah. come in and uh, you know the last couple games, I will say, uh, I would like to see more. He was kind of getting beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, on those rub routes and the combo routes, which I understand that's going to happen. The communication side of things can mm-hmm. probably get a little better and they could switch off a little bit. It didn't yeah. happen, and Doug Baldwin was able to get some big catches. But when you look at this secondary, I mean, there's no one there that I say, okay, you know what, he's an all-pro for yeah. his team. Mm-hmm. However, as a unit, I think they're really good. Yeah, they're playing well. And then, too, you have a defensive front that's just getting pressure, man. Yep. And that helps. That, that really helps the secondary when you have that quarterback always under pressure. I mean, helmets are flying around him. That 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 just helps your game. But now when you have someone like a Russell Wilson that's all over the field, you know, what corner can cover that? You know, I don't nobody care. Can. I mean, you could take it back to Dion and put him out there. I mean, you know, nobody's going to be able to handle somebody that has a, a quarterback that's scrambling all over the field and, and can throw as accurate as he can, yeah. you know, like Aaron Rodgers, you know. So that's, you know, they create problems. But so I think, but this, just this unit as a whole just operates well because, first of all, you have a defensive front that can get after the quarterback, which makes their job a lot easier. You know, especially when you can always create pressure, putting the quarterbacks in a bad situation. Now, you, I would like to see him play a little bit tighter. Yeah, you know. Thank and, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that's you that's, know? and I'm glad you mentioned that because so many times you see them playing off. Yeah, and it's like 
Why? Yeah, I, I I would like to see them up on them a little bit. Get more. up on them. Get yeah. in their face. Let let me see. You got this pass rush, and then you have guys like Jalen Mills is not the fastest. I know that. Yeah. But he's very quick. Mm-hmm. And if he could get in there and yeah. and disrupt the timing of the yeah. route, a receiver wants nothing more than to have a free release. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. If you're giving me a free release yeah. and we're just running five yard hitches and, and, and three step and slants and, and you know hammer routes and stuff like that, it's gonna be hard to cover. So yeah. my thing is you have a ferocious pass rush, why not make it doubly as hard exactly. for the quarterback by yeah. disrupting the timing on the outside? Getting in their face, you know, because you have a, a awesome group of guys that everybody has their own style of rush that 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 creates a problem for offensive line to even prepare for. Because now it's not you know it's not like how it used to be where you know all I have to worry about is OC all game, you know. Now you have everybody that you have to be deep on the film and like all right, you know what? He likes to do this. He likes to do that. He likes to spin. He likes to, you know, clean hands. You know, by the time you get in the third quarter, you kind of forgot, you Mm -hmm. know, all right, what's happening, you know. So, and they keep changing everybody. Then you get Fletcher out there on you. Then, you know, that just creates a lot of problems. And I just think that our secondary, to me, I would like for them to be a little bit more up in their face just to throw off the timing because you have some pass rushers that can really get after the quarterback. Yeah, and when I asked Coach Schwartz about that, he he says, and, and I've been asking him since last year because mm-hmm. it's just a frustration, mm-hmm. frustrating thing. Now, I'm not a fan or anything, but still I want to see mm-hmm. what I want to see. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And And I asked him about it. And he would always say, okay, well, you know, their objective is to keep everything in front of them. And and I I understand that. I understand that. But, you know, when you got teams taking five yards, ten yards, eight yards, five yards, next thing you know, they're in the red zone. And this is a team that is 24th in the NFL when it comes to red zone defense. So they have to find a way to keep teams out of the red zone. Me personally, get up. Play, play press, you know, yeah. and make that receiver really have to think at the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give a move inside, swim move. Well, we'll, you know what I mean. Yeah. Make him have to think on how he's going to make that route develop. Yeah. That's just my perspective. But to put a bow around it, just looking at this score. Um, well, you know what? Before we do that, I, I know JPP is a guy that a lot of people like to talk about. So before we do that, you know, as as a, a offensive lineman. If you were to line up against JPP, like how do you go about a guy who's so athletic, strong, and so big? How do you go about stopping him? It's going to still be the same. Punch him in the mouth. There you go. I treat everybody the same. Didn't really care. You know what I'm saying? Like I would look and see which foot he has back, and then we take it from there. If he's going to be a bull rusher, then we're going to bull rush, and then I clean hands. So if he if he wants to be a one-hand, a long-arm guy, then I know how to handle that too. You know, so and, and if he wants to give me a near point, then I punch that too. You know, so it, it depends on what he's going to do. I'm going to do the same thing every week. You know, so it, now it's just based off – all right, is he going to be an inside foot guy? Is he going to try to bull me? All right, if he's going to bull me, then I'm going to hold him up. And then my guard, I know that if my guard doesn't have anybody, he's going to come clean him up, and he's not going to bull me anymore. You know, he might wait, hold up a little bit more on that bull rush. So, you know, it's just all in what he likes to do. If he wants to try to speed rush and wants to try to clean hands, then I won't throw my outside hand. I'll punch the near point. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's all, you know, it's it, – it, it didn't matter. It's, it's, okay, if he likes to spin off, off in his inside foot, then I don't know, okay, he likes to spin on his third step. He likes to spin on his second step. You know, it was all – Juan had us so t- 
tuned in that, you know, we it didn't matter who was out there. You know, it really didn't care, you know, because it, it, the only one, the only person that really gave me problems was Simeon Rice in his prime. Just really? because, yeah, because he made me change the way I punched, you know, and which made it worse for everybody else because, you know, as offensive line, you always talk, just throw both hands. Well, Simeon Rice had a habit of he would show chest to make you throw both hands, then he would take it away and then clamp your outside arm. And once he clamped your outside arm, man, shoot, you just, he just bends the corner. So he made us start changing where it's like, all right, if he shows chest, just throw your inside hand, and then once he takes it away, then now you finish with the outside hand. Okay. So we started treating everybody kind of like a boxer where it's jab, 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 all right, finish with the outside hand. So you, there would be times that we would block a guy with one hand where we just threw that hand, and then if they want to run upfield, then we just run him by the quarterback. And we kind of lag the shoulder where you never want to get even with the, the DN. You know, you want to stay a little bit behind him just in case he tries to spin back inside. That's next level. That's next level. I, I know we have a time restraint on this here, but I tell you, I could talk till tomorrow, you know what I'm saying, but uh, we're going to cut it short. The prediction, I'm going to go 28 to 10 Eagles. What's your take on, on this game? Yeah, I, I think Foles is going to come out there and, and really show that. He, I, I like 28-10. i go right there with you, you know, because I think, I, you know, I think our defense is going to really come out there to play. Everybody's going to be so fired up, and I think Foles is going to come out there and throw, throw four touchdowns. There you have. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Exactly. That's what Trey just established going against JPP. So that's the show, folks. Definitely make sure you continue to tune in. BGN Radio, powered by Clip It. Be sure to go to clipit.tv. They have an app that you could download on the App Store or Google Play. And with that, you could create your own user content. Send them to me at tdavenport underscore NFL at BGN Radio, as well as Trey. It's it's seven deuce, but I don't remember uh, your, your full oh, Twitter. At, oh, at Trey Thomas, um, at 72 Trey Thomas. There you yeah. have it. Yeah. Make sure you follow him if you're not. Yeah, and man. I'm trying to get into this Twitter thing, man. You know, I'm not, I've never been a big social media guy. And now that I'm doing this a little bit more, they keep telling me I need to work this Twitter, man. I don't know. If you, if you hate me, oh, uh, just be patient. I try to get back at you, man. Folks, <laughs> this is just the beginning. All right? Yes. I, I'm going to tell you from my perspective, it's like crack. I'm always coming back. That's the show. And we'll talk to you next week. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. How dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss? Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus pocus, Gucci locus, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep in You either sheep or shit, be scared to cut the pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stuntin' all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, the type you never seen again. No meat, no leather, I'm just pimpin' a pin. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and now motherfucker. Who you think this is? Gia, Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m.